this is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt, and I'm looking forward to our first season on Dirty Mo Radio. Joining me all year will be an outdoor enthusiast and former driver like myself, Hank Parker Jr. I think maybe you should say a former crasher, because I spent most of my time crashing like myself i said (laughs) i didn't say how we raced i just said we raced man it's good to be here it's good to hang out and talk to you it reminds me of old times sitting around the the haulers but talking about what we really like to do spend time out in the outdoors and i know we spent a lot of time uh you know in the off season here talking about this tell us about how this all came about man well you know i got out of racing like yourself several years ago and been trying to do something in outdoors because my passion is outside of racing was outdoors so um, I started working on doing a TV show, and things just struggled. You know, it was kind of hard getting into the outdoor industry with the sponsor stuff and everything like that. So Kelly approached me and asked me if it would be okay for her and Dell Jr. to partner with me in the Earnhardt Outdoor brand. And I thought, well, great opportunity because, you know, it's about family, you know, right. outdoor and family. So to have family involved would have been a great opportunity, and we've – struggled and worked through everything trying to do stuff and partner with companies and we've had a few successes and some not so great successes and um so this opportunity came about whenever we started progressing with true timber camo and a company in south carolina we partnered with and we had talked a little bit about doing a radio show and dirty mo radio happens to be here so <laughs> great opportunity for us and we're putting this deal together right there today and you know our our deal is to get the kids involved in outdoors i have four kids myself my youngest one's 12 right now and good gracious these these computers and telephones you know they just take over their life and it's like there's nothing else in the world not even in the house and parents or nothing so <laughs> i get her out we'll, we'll go out and you know in the woods and walk around and just see a different side of my daughter that i normally see inside so she's since then has taken on doing western horse riding barrels poles and stuff like that so we're going every weekend with that and then during the week we try to get outside and you know fish hunt ride four-wheelers you know we camp every time we go or majority of the times we did the horse shows we do camp so it's usually a two-day show well that, you know speaking of family that's how we met you know your dad <laughs> loved to fish and hunt and a lot of people don't realize how good of a hunter he was. I mean, this guy had eagle eyes. He could blood trail a deer like there was no tomorrow. That and his shot. I mean, he's he he was amazing in the outdoors. And I remember times being over at Dale and Hart Incorporated when it was just the old race shop, just one building there in a brick house. And you and your dad and my dad and me and Dale Jr. and Kelly, we'd all be around there hanging out, working on race cars and your dad and my dad be going at each other, picking and joking and carrying <laughs> on. And um, they had a lot of good times together. They got to fish a lot together. And then uh, your dad got into racing also. So I think <laughs> that was a disaster. I think there's a little trade off there. You you get me, you help me fishing a little bit, and I'll help you in racing. So, but yeah, it was a great it was a great time. Um, and then you know as things progressed, me and you both started our racing career, and all about the same time. So we were going through everything together, and. We had some great teams we worked with, and then, you know, some not great times. <laughs> or should I say not so much great outcomes in the race. But, um, you know, it, it was a struggle for me. Um, you know, we had a great team we was working with up until 2001, and 
yeah, it was at Delahart Incorporated, and then, you know, things happened with my dad, and um, things changed from that day on. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I got into racing all because of you guys. I grew up here in the south, right in the Mooresville area. Didn't really follow it a whole lot. I grew up thinking as a kid I was going to follow my dad's footsteps and be a fisherman. Only problem was I couldn't catch any fish. <laughs> and then we were on a hunting trip, and your dad came along, and I met Dale Jr., and then I met you, and, and then I'm at the race shop one day, and we're working on a car that Dale Jr. had wrecked. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> I think it was, was a Legends it, was car. Was it Legends car? Yeah, we yeah. were sitting there working on this car, and then this door flies open behind me, and in walks this figure. It looks like he's nine feet tall with a black leather jacket and those black wranglers, and he <laughs> slid those gargoyles down, and he said, he said, hey, boy, Dale Jr. tells me you want to race. I mean, what do you say to that? Yes, yes, yes sir. Let's That's do right. it. <laughs> he, and he told me, he said, well, Dale Jr. is going to be selling his Malibu. I think all of you guys wrecked this thing several Wait a minute, wreck? No, <laughs> no, wait a minute. I never drove to Malibu. I had a 79 Marty Carlo I drove. We, well. we alternated first. And then we bought this 81 Malibu that Dale Jr. got to drive. And he wrecked it all the time, not me. But, well, Dale Jr. wrecked it. So you, said, But you continued on. When you started racing. Yeah, well, he, he told me, he said, look, Dale Jr. is going to sell this car. Would you like to buy it? And I said, I sure would, but there's only one problem. He said, what's that? I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> so, but you still end up with the car, right? I still end up with the car. He talked my dad into it. Can you believe that? And your first race, you? I did pretty good the first race. I I got so tired, I had to stop with about five laps to go. <laughs> so, so I was just used to hunting and fishing. Yeah. I didn't have any idea how hard that was going to be. Well, you never think that. You know, I didn't think about it myself when I went out my first race, and I think I spun out three or four times. But by gosh, I put on a good show. <laughs> the biggest burnouts they've ever seen, trying to get turned around to go again. Oh, that's good times. I'll tell you, we were hunting one time with my dad. And we were down at his farm in South Carolina, and uh, your dad had came along. And there were some things going on. I, I was hunting off at a, at a different direction. I was I was I was about a half mile from those guys, and they're hunting. And uh, so I came out of the woods, and then they had to go back to go do something real fast. And your dad had told me he said, uh, "I shot a bobcat down there. I need you to go get that for me." I said, "Well." Why do you need me to go get it? If you shot a bobcat, why could you not go get it yourself? He said, because it, you know, it expired. It went over the hill and everything. Just go take care of it for me. Like, again, he, like he didn't have time. Right. Again, what do you do? So yep. I walk all the way down this hole. And, and when I got there, it, it was not, this, this bobcat was still alive. And I was not very happy about this. <laughs> but anyway, the bobcat died just right there, you know, and I, I took it back to him. And he thought that was really funny because it scared me real bad. Well, he was probably impressed that you actually did it. <laughs> yeah, you went and got it and brought it back. Yeah. yeah. What do you say? I mean, you can't tell the Intimidator, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, my, a lot of my stories are like with Dad, we'd have his huge dove hunt day. Every Monday after dove season opened, the whole farm and the race teams and everybody would get together and we'd go to this big field that dad had and he would position everybody in their spots and we'd sit there and shoot and dad would come riding around passing out more shells and he of course sun dropped was all he had to drink and crackers or whatever we needed but at the end end of the hunt everybody had to get together were you killed anything or not we would dump all the doves out and you just start cleaning them and you couldn't leave that place until you got them doves clean that's cool but yeah, that's the type of person he was. He he, yeah, he let you have fun and good times, but you're going to you know, put your effort toward work toward it he by was helping cleaning like and stuff. So, yeah, um, there was a lot of times we got to hunt. I never really got to do any, like, big game hunting with him, mm-hmm. 
but I did get to go, my oldest boy Bobby, in 2000, in December of 2000, dad took him on the farm and let him shoot his first buck. That's cool. And I tell you, we got in that stand, and it was like 3.15, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden here, dad, look over, and he's asleep, and I'm sitting there like, what in the world? When you're in the stand, you go to sleep. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and me and my oldest boys, and all of a sudden they start, you know, coming out of the woods into the fields, and we're sitting there glassing, and I'm sitting there, and I I see this huge buck walk out, and I'm like, wow, man. I'm sitting there, and I get my scope up. Boy's got my binoculars. I'm just looking through my scope, looking at him. And I'm sitting there looking, all of a sudden, I fly backwards out of my chair when my dad grabs me from my shoulders and jerks me back. He says, boy, you ain't going to shoot that there. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just looking at him. <laughs> he said, no, that ain't the one we're going to shoot. He said, all right, get ready. And about 20 minutes later, this deer comes out, walks through the field, and he said, all right, Bobby, there's your deer. And, of course, Bobby shoots it, and I ain't never seen I don't know how to explain it. I mean, he was the happiest of all of us. I mean, just like a little kid, you know, celebrating. And he taking pictures. He's laying on the ground, getting all these positions, taking pictures of Bobby with his deer. And he, you know, getting the pictures with him, make Teresa take pictures with us. And it was pretty neat. That was, that was a special time. And then he told my son, Jeffrey, in Daytona. And we was in there for the Daytona 500 in 2001. And he told him, he says, Boy, when we get home, says you gonna go get your first deer, and I'm like, Dad, season's out in December. He says, Not my farm. He says, It's open anytime I want it to be. <laughs> so that time, you know, things happened and didn't get to do that. So I took Jeffrey, my youngest one, and uh, about three years later, out on the farm and let him shoot his first buck, same spot that uh, Bobby shot his. So, That's cool. Yeah, it's a great story, and we have both of them hanging up on the wall. That's cool. There's nothing like just spending time in the woods with your family and spending time with your dad and, and my boys and my daughters. I have four kids as well. And so some of my fondest memories, I, I think my favorite memory is killing a, my first deer when I was 12 years old with my dad. And just the affirmation that you get, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of in the brotherhood once right, that happens. Right. And and so just, just those memories and then passing on that tradition and, and those memories and, and building new ones with my kids and doing that exact same thing. And one of the things I always really admired about your dad, I'd been over there at your at his farm uh, and I guess a couple of guys had, had shot some does and things like that. And they're out there doing the process and work. He's out there doing it himself. I mm-hmm. mean, this guy's out there winning races and he's out there working like a dog. Oh, it, yeah. It just yeah. It left a good impression on me. That's one thing about dad is, no matter what's working on race cars, you know, cleaning a deer or, or cutting tree down, he's going to get in there and show you how to do it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, no, you're not doing it right. You're not, and he's doing the same thing I was doing. <laughs> I'm 41, and my dad still does that to me, just in case you wanted to do Oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. I wouldn't put that deer stand right there. You know you're driving that tractor all wrong. Right. You need to do that a little bit different. Yep. Come on, come over here. I'm going to show you how to do that. And, uh, you know, I... I almost refuse to go fishing with him now because <laughs> if you do happen to accidentally catch one more than him, I mean, it, it, the game is Uh-oh. on after that. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, well, good. Well, so you have a production company now. I know you were doing some TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff and outside of racing. Right. And now you are in production? Yeah, I work. Uh, I own and operate a production company called Dry Creek Productions along with a guy named John Tate. He's been in the, the industry for a long time. A long time. And, we produce several different shows. We produce Greg Zipidelli, the crew chief, uh, the past crew chief for Tony Stewart, who runs uh, Stewart Haas, their performance side. But we do his show, The Drop Zone. Uh, Hal Schaefer's on that show. Mm-hmm. We do our show, Flesh and Blood. And then we just finished doing some shows for uh, David Morris, the Bucks of Tecumani and Tecumani Whitetail Nation. So we're, we're hopping. We're pretty busy, you know. 
it's a lot like racing except for you don't have as much fun you just kind of sit behind the <laughs> computer there and and, uh, and just work real hard but uh that's what we do on a day-to-day basis, and uh, you know the the good thing is it does get us out in the woods. Though. We do get that opportunity to go out and film, and and plus with uh, my my show with my dad, Flesh and Blood, I get to get out and do some hunting too. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I myself, um, me and my wife Renee have 24 home designs with Shoemaker's Homes, which is the largest national custom home builder, and we had partnered with them about five years ago, and that partnership has grown tremendously i mean homes are going like crazy and create new designs every year we add one to two every year and then also we're working on an outdoor furniture line right. you know it's kind of away from the manly thing i guess but my wife's happy so, <laughs> it's kind of away <laughs> from the manly thing but you know our home designs are based on outdoor life living yeah. um you know all the open windows open floor plans and beams rocks and just you know, it brings nature in. And, yeah, that sounds uh, manly to me. Yeah, well, when you talk about home, I design homes and I design furniture that don't. <laughs> but you know, we our furniture lines consist of we got two style fire pits right now, working on a third one, and then we have recycled plastic, hard plastic seats and chairs, uh, lounges for your sun deck and mm-hmm. around your pool and stuff. So it's been a lot of fun, and we we're working with companies that are local, like Schumacher Homes are based in Ohio and Canton, and, and um, this furniture um, company is new buck which is buck stoves everybody knows buck stoves uh-huh. wood burning stoves but they're based in spruce pines north carolina so we're trying to keep everything local and build something that we're passionate about it, it's interesting when when you get guys that are in racing and you get out of racing where you go and, and the things that you do but one thing that's held true is is our passion for the outdoors both of us you know right. we, we do different things yeah. for a living but you know at the end of the day man it's it's about those relationships that we've built, you know, just like you and myself and our families and being out in the woods and, and enjoying the outdoors. Yeah, it is. And, you know, like I said, my wife, she's not one to shoot anything because she's a vet tech. She, that's what she grew up being. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, I, I almost tell people I shoot them. She tries to save them, but it's not like that. Um, <laughs> she she understands the, the process and she loves cooking and eating everything we kill. And our kids, you know, they actually – Believe it or not, they like to have wild game more than they do like steaks or something beef. Yeah. Um, so it's it's neat to watch the transformation from my daughter, my oldest daughter. She would not even think about eating anything we cooked because she knew it was either deer or elk or something like that. But now she's all about it and she cooks some herself. That's good. That's you know, that's just just again building those memories. That's right. Doing those things that's it. as a family. Yeah, that's what we're about. You know, we go to these horse shows. Our daughter comes along. Oldest daughter comes along sometimes, and my youngest, youngest son, Jeffrey, he comes, and Bobby. You know, they come and support their younger sister. She's huge in the rodeo business, and we're trying to help her out as much as we can. So we got this big trailer. We go out, and we stay at the horse shows. This past weekend, we are in Jacksonville, Florida, and it, it was crazy. It's a six-hour drive, and you set everything up, and you camp for night maybe two nights and then pack up and come home again <laughs> kind of sounds like race yeah it does doesn't it <laughs> well that you know i'm looking forward to this i'm looking forward to the rest of the season of us being able to hang out and tell some hunting stories and share some of our stories with with everybody it, this should be a good time yeah i think it will and I, I mean when this opportunity came up and i was like man i need someone to bounce off of and you came to mind because you know growing up you know our, our past together racing and everything i knew you loved outdoors and 
I knew you'd fit right in because you're a huge family oriented and love outdoors and you race so it just fits perfect and plus you never wrecked me and i never wrecked you that so we can say we don't have any feuds <laughs> to build off of. well hopefully by now if we had we'd done mended them <laughs> well i'm looking forward to it i'm too thank you hank well hank i guess that about wraps it up for this week <laughs> well so. i'm looking forward to the the rest of the weeks yeah i'm excited the fans join in every two weeks every other friday actually um we'll be talking about everything from fishing to camping big game small game good hunting stories bad, bad hunting, hunting stories, stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, a lot of things about our racing and horseback riding and everything but uh well fans if you know, anyone wants to chime in on any stories they have or anything they'd like to hear about you can tune in to twitter it'd be dirty mo radio or earnhardt outdoors or carrie earnhardt and then facebook would be earnhardt outdoors so check us out and any suggestions, any, suggestions, any stories. I love yeah. to hear stories. <laughs> it's, it's neat to hear all the fans and the stories they have. And I hear a lot of stories about people out hunting with dad. And it's just a lot of fun to hear them. Yeah, it'd be good to hear some of those stories. And, you know, there's a lot of places, especially at racetracks, where you think about Kentucky Speedway that has yep. two big lakes. Exactly. It'd be great to hear some stories yeah. about people sneaking in there fishing. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, talking about sneaking in fishing, I got some of them too. <laughs> so, fans, you can tune in on March the 25th to catch our next show, see what the subject we talk about is, and maybe it'd be something that someone's actually posted on Twitter. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, depends on the stories. <laughs> well, that's it, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 